Welcome to the Beat Talks Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Ruscha, the official DJ for the Los Angeles Lakers and AVP Pro Beach Volleyball Tour. I've been DJing since my late teens, professionally since 2002, and sporting events since 2003. I get asked all the time how I became a DJ and especially how I became the DJ for the Lakers. So I know all of my other DJ friends are getting similar questions. And that's why I started this podcast. Playing music for sporting events can take on many different forms. Some teams have multiple DJs, some have just a DJ, while others have a DJ and a music director. This podcast aims to help explain the difference between all of those, give you backstories on how the DJs got their jobs, how they prepare to DJ a game, what kind of equipment they use, and probably some life lessons, all in the hope of helping the next wave of sport entertainment DJs. And who knows, maybe it'll help fans understand how much goes into entertaining them at their favorite sporting events. On the first Beat Talks podcast, I chat with my good friend DJ Dents, the official DJ for the LA Clippers. I've known Dents for probably close to 10 years as we've worked together in the past, and he also DJed my wedding. So yes, the Lakers DJ is friends with the Clippers DJ. We recorded this conversation in a rehearsal studio about a year ago, actually, and some of the comments might be a little dated, but they're still very relevant today. And what I thought was going to be a 30-minute conversation actually turned into a two-hour chat. But for the sake of this podcast, I've narrowed that conversation down to about an hour just to give you all the really good stuff. Dents talks about how he got the gig with the Clippers, his first ever DJ gig, working in radio, and how Outcast, Outcast, yeah, yes, that Outcast, gave him his thicker than fog DJ drop. So let's get into it. DJ Dents, yes, sir, thicker than fog. Can't see through him. <laughs> Outcast. No. That's right. How did you get that name? Dents came from high school. Um, I was not. No, I wasn't a class clown. Let's not call it a class clown. But I just didn't care sometimes. You know, you go into class and it was cool. Okay, I went to a Catholic school and you can't really teach religion regardless. Like you you can have religion class and all that, but it's one of those classes because everyone there is not Catholic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can't drill that into somebody's head when they have other beliefs. And sometimes know? as a young kid, you're not listening anyway. You're not listening anyway. So I used that class to do my homework for the next classes. <laughs> Luckily, religion was the first class, so I didn't have to really do homework the night before. <laughs> Sorry, mom, if you're listening. But um, I would literally go in, pick up my desk, and go sit it in the corner and face the corner on my own, almost like it was a dunce thing, like a, like yeah. a dunce cap. You weren't in trouble. You just nope. decided to do it yourself. <clears throat> So then our teacher was like, oh, you know, he was trying to be cool, trying to be hip at the time. Like, all right, I want to, I want everybody to have their own little nickname so you feel more of a connection when we talk. You know, you see that nothing's personal, blah, blah, blah. And I don't remember what we called him, but everybody had their own little names and it was going around. And I want to say somebody was like, oh, that's, you know, that's the guy, you know, that's Dunce or whatever, because he's sitting in the corner. And somebody's like, oh, no, he's just silly, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would have smart remarks, although I was facing the wall. He would ask questions, and i just blurt out shit. You know what I mean? So <laughs> You'd respond with your back to the teacher. Just with my back to the teacher while doing math. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then it was a girl that was next to me. And she's like, oh, he's just dense, you know, X, Y, and Z. And it's like, okay, cool, that's me. I'm dense. But that was in the class. But then, as you know, in crossing for other classes, then it's like, oh, look, what's up, Dents? Ah, hey, look, there's Dents, da-da-da-da. So it just connected. Stuck. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, 
I'm DJing. I was still looking for a DJ name. I couldn't even tell you some of the horrible names that I had. Oh, I'm sure. And I was like, you know what? Let me just throw a DJ in front of this. I was DJ Dense. And it, was, it became funny not knowing where it was going to land. Yeah. You know what I mean? So You didn't know you'd be a professional. Had no idea. <laughs> no idea. And then, you know, of course, you got my pops that was like, you know, what what kind of name is this? You'll never, you'll A, you'll never make it. B, no one's going to call, no one is going to have that name dense at a personal function of theirs. Like it's not, you know, but then I've always been that I'm going to prove you wrong yep. guy, whatever it is. Yep. I don't like, you don't ever tell me I can't. I got it from him. Yeah. You know, so don't tell me that I can't do something. <laughs> so proved your ass wrong. So what grade was it where you got the that name was, dense? Uh, it may have been freshman, sophomore year. I want to say freshman year. Okay. Sophomore. Let's go with sophomore. It was sophomore. It was 10th grade. So, and then how long after that was your first DJ gig? Uh, my first gig, I had half a crate of records. And how old were you at this time? I was 14. Okay. 13, 14. 14. And um, half a crate of records and not long way, short way. Yeah. So. And that's maybe tw- maybe 20 records? Yeah, maybe. Maybe 25. Yeah. Let's give it 25. Yeah. If you stuff them in there, but there was really no stuffing because they leaned. You know yeah, what I'm exactly. So yeah. there was plenty of room inside that crate. But the good thing about it is most of them were albums, so there were other cuts. On oh, those. okay, not just all singles, right? Yeah. But the killer was the party was five hours. <laughs> that first party I did, I learned to get on the microphone because what else? Because you, you had do? to. Because you're going to hear the next song again. <laughs> And you're going to hear the same song again. I killed again. the first 30 minutes of the party with these songs. I'm yes. going to do this ex- I'm gonna same do exact again. set again. Yes. And I'm going to do something on this microphone where you're not going to realize, just like radio, that you're hearing this song again. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was my first party. I was guaranteed two parties a year. It was one of my friends and then his sister. Oh, like a house party. House party. Yeah. You know. And and did you have all your own equipment then at that point? Like speakers did, and all that stuff? But it was... Piece by piece. Yeah, of course. Um, I did have matching turntables, no pitch control. Yeah. So it was just a slamming session, you know. Um, <laughs> this song is ending. This it, next song this is coming in. coming in. Or I learned the one and dropped it. Yeah. Um, or most of them got ruined because I was putting nickels and quarters on the head shell to keep the record down. Not only that, I was using the old Stridex um, acne pads on the back of the tone arm. So the needle never jumped because if it did like that, which meant the yeah. back had to come down. Yeah. If you prop the back up and you force the needle to the record, then you're cutting a new groove in that record. So And so to all the kids that are listening to this today that don't yes. know what a turntable is <laughs> so. or the tone arm or the pitch control, all that stuff, just Google it. Yes, please. Because that'll be a whole other podcast that's, that's to another explain day, all that stuff to another, you. Yeah. yeah. When your controller fits in your backpack now. Right. And you don't have to carry two turntables, a mixer. Or it's already set up when you get there. Correct. You know. Yeah. Which, by the way, is my favorite thing ever. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> it is. So your first gig, 25 songs or 25 albums. 25 albums. and I mean, I may have gone an hour and a half without repeating anything. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You so know. what was it like getting on the mic then? They become, um, was it natural well, they for were, you? They were my friends. Yeah. So, so you I knew wasn't them. the only one on the mic. Other people got on the mic okay. acting fun. You know, just like, mind you, I, as I'm DJing, I'm DJing with house speakers. Like I had my pops... Yeah, fifteen inch house speakers, Serban Vegas. Yeah, blew the shit out of those. Yeah, you know because I had this big old house amp with a fan on it. You know, yeah, so it doesn't the, overheat, kids. The big silver knob. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if you hit the wrong button, you're going to AM or FM at the same time. You yeah. know what I mean? So, 
Um, and that reminds me, I think we probably took a 30 minute break and listened to the original K Day at that time just because oh, I nice. needed a, a yeah. chance to reset. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and then <laughs> I needed a chance something. to regroup the same songs I just yes. played in a different order. Yes. And then to give a them a variety because they got a chance to hear other songs. <laughs> you know, so. That's a great first gig yeah. story. Yeah. yeah. Did you know then something you wanted to do, knowing that um, I could do this full time or just something I think I would do for fun? Think I thought about for fun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it was all it was all fun for the first year and a half, two years maybe. Then I got the call to do a wedding. Yeah. Friend and of a friend or family member. Somebody or? that just through word of mouth. Yeah. However it traveled, I couldn't even tell you. Excuse me. I couldn't even tell you where it came from. Just the fact that with the parties I had done, maybe at the most in a year and a half, maybe six, seven parties, maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But somebody was at something and was like, oh, or somebody was like, oh, I know a guy, you know, it may have been like, oh, well, he did my daughter's wedding or, yeah. or he did my daughter's birthday party or whatever. So I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do this wedding. Um, and... It was for my father's boss. <laughs> okay. How's that pressure? Well, you know that anxiety you have when you do something for the first time. You can't sleep at night. You can't, you know, butterflies. Call it butterflies. Just call it stress. Call it whatever. Um, it's his boss. I don't want things to go wrong. I have music and all that. And I remember the morning of, I didn't have his first dance. Didn't realize I didn't have his first dance. And it's not like now where I can just pull it out of the sky. I know you can't see it, but my yeah. heart rate is going up right now. Just thinking so, about the stress of what you're going through right um, now. I remember they wanted Endless Love, Diana Ross uh, and Marvin Gaye, Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell. One of those, whoever, Diana Ross. Yeah. Um, and I remember my father had on CD, he had a Soul Train collection. It's like three or four discs. Yeah. Right. And then he had a Motown thing. The now the Soul Train didn't have it, but Soul Train had a lot of music. Yep. Motown had everything you can want that was Motown, but there was narration through the music. Yes. To take you through what was going on at that time. Yeah. So needless to say, this guy's first dance was about a minute twelve, minute thirteen, because I knew that Barry Gordy was talking in the beginning. Yep. And I knew where he was coming in at the end. So I introduced their first dance. And it started off with the my endless love. Because Barry talked over the front of it. Of course he did. And then it got into some of the verse. And I remember Barry was getting ready to come back in. And it was just like, give it up for. And I remember they all turned around at me like. What are you doing? What's going on? (laughs) And I'm like, next. you know. um, And then not only that. No one danced. I had now a crate and a half of rap. Yep. Uh, I am African-American. My father's African-American. His boss is Caucasian. His wife at the time, Caucasian. Um, Didn't really want to hear the stuff that I brought. Gotcha. No one stood up and danced for a good two and a half hours. I'm sweating right now thinking about then, your gig. Then the liquor flowed. And at that point, they danced to Easy e They danced yeah. to <laughs> WA. They danced to whatever I could pull out with some of the CDs that my pops had. 
And this is something that I think gets glossed over in today's day and age because music is so accessible. Yes. Like I've had to emergency plug my phone in and play the song that the person paying me is like, I need to hear this right now. Sure. Yeah. So then like there's no, if I don't have what I I brought with me, that's it. That's it. There's no going to the record store to go buy something. There's no, there was no phones weren't even like that. No, no. So getting online to download it real quick. You're sitting at dinner. And right now I'm playing what I think is dinner music. And it's funny. We talked about Stanley Turrentine. There's an album in there. I had that one Stanley Turrentine album, but it's blues jazz. Yeah. For this family that's come from all over to watch this this wedding and this unification of this family. And I remember a guy came up to me. He was like, you got a tape deck? I said, I have a tape deck. He went to the car, had a cassette tape that was 90 minutes long. Yeah. All up-tempo, jazzy, boom. He said, just play it. That guy saved your I life. I played it. Oh, my God. <laughs> to this day, I think he probably still gets Christmas cards. I got to double check. Yeah. Uh, he's getting photo of the kid. He's getting like, everything. Thank you. Happy birthday. I haven't gotten a return, so Doesn't I don't matter. even know if it's going to him. So it's going to somebody. <laughs> it's good and karma out there anyways. That's they're all that thankful. matters. So, um, but needless to say, I felt like, felt like shit because I couldn't get people to do what they're paying me for. I couldn't get them to move. I couldn't get them to dance. Yeah. I couldn't. So at that point, I was like, yeah, I'm done with I'm done with the DJ. This DJ thing ain't easy. Just, I'm done. This is it's too much stress. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to karate class. I'm going to do my baseball. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Then the phone rings. It's like, hey, I was at blah, 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 and we love what you did. We want you to. And then got my confidence back. Nice. You know what I mean? So. With another wedding or just like no, a house just party? A, this was just another party. Yeah. I don't think I did another wedding for a while. Yeah. I was like, oh, hell no. They are like, more stressful than any other game. They are very stressful. And I've done the Olympics. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's stressful because it's their time. It's not ours. 100%. You know, and we're just there to help curate the the soundtrack that they want. We're help, We're giving them the vibe and the memory and we tell folks too when it's when it comes time for a wedding, the DJ is just as important as her dress. Absolutely. The things that people remember at a wedding is mm-hmm. did I have a good time? Yep. And was the food good? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff doesn't matter. You could have picnic tables you could have, and KFC. Yes. If they had a good time, yeah. it'll make up for everything else that may yeah. not have been perfect or how you imagined it. Right. Absolutely. Right. And I've got wedding stories, bro. Oh, another yeah. podcast. <laughs> oh, we we're gonna get to my wedding. Yeah. At one point. Okay. Yeah. So your first DJ gig was when your early teens. Yep. And then when did it become something that you thought, hey, this might be a full time um, gig, or that you wanted to be a full time gig? Because I know you went to college for uh, for broadcast. Broadcast. Yeah. Yep. And so broadcasting in '97 went. UCLA uh, Broadcasting 97. Go Bruins. Um, go Bruins. And I remember on in the broadcasting class, again, it's basic radio. So what they want to teach you, they want to teach you production side for commercials. They want to teach you selling side for commercials. They want to teach you everything about radio. Yep. Not how to project your voice and speak on air. Yeah. But that's what I thought it was. You or know, play so, music. Or play All those music things you just and, talked about had nothing you know, to do with playing music. So I'm sitting in this class. Guy's name is Harry Spitzer. Google him. He's he's a good he's a good dude. Yeah. Been in radio forever. Um, but occasionally, 
Thursdays, every other Thursday, he would bring in someone in radio to speak about what it is that they do. So that's always intriguing because it's like, oh man, like I'm going, like I want to do this. And at some point you realize with most of the things that you do in life, stay in school kids, but <laughs> it's about who you know. It's and, about who knows you. And who knows yep, you. Absolutely. So I remember uh, at the time, it was it was one of those Thursdays, and he brought in Val Mackey, which is the GM over at Power. Yep. And I was like... Power 106 out here in Los Angeles. Yes. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's a hip-hop station. This is something I want to do. Yeah. And she's talking, talking, talking. And I'm just, just like, like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm just like, get through this so I can get up and introduce myself oh, yeah. and all that stuff. Like, you know, I had done... By this time, I'm already in the college circuit. I'm already, you know, but again, it's still for fun. Yeah. You know, names with flyers, the, all that stuff's great. Well, and you're still in school, too. Still in school, and it's like, okay, it's paying the bills, haven't been in my parents' pockets. You know, it's like, okay, this is fun, but then listening to my pops, you'll never be able to support a family doing this hippity-hop shit. You'll never well, be able to— Well, because then, too, because like, who did you know that was—had that was made it. a career out right. of being a DJ? Besides the ones that are on these records, you know what I mean? If Yeah, that's like they're a part of a band. Yeah, so— uh, you don't really hear too much about DJs making it, you know, back then. Correct. You know, as far as supporting families and things like that. So uh, to get back to Val, when it was over, I talked to her, told her who I was. And she was like, oh, OK, well, you know, stick with it and blah, blah, blah. And always remember, you know, you want to talk to a program director and this and that. And I was just like, oh, OK. Taking notes. Cool. Yeah. That's who I need to talk to. Or whatever. There was no emailing them. There was no mailing a cassette into. You didn't slide into their DM on Instagram no. at that time. None of that. <laughs> there was no. You called. Either they answered, or you went to their voicemail, or you mailed something, and you hoped to hear something. Or back. you stalked them at their job yes. and hope that they you didn't think you were a psycho. Yes. So, um, I remember I did a party for a lady that worked at the Beat. Yeah. An old radio station that was out here. Excuse me. Which was another hip-hop station. Hip-hop station yep. that competed with Power. And um, I did a birthday party for this girl. Uh, and we'll come back to her. Just remember, remind yep. me her. Mental note. Uh, yeah. So her name was Samantha. Mm -hmm. uh, did a party for her. Rocked it. Rocked it, rocked it, rocked it. Halfway through, actually I'd say three quarters of the way through, the assistant PD came up to me from the beat. Yeah. And was like, hey, man, you know, what's your name? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and I told him, he was like, oh, okay. Uh, I like what you're doing. I like what you're doing. It's like, cool. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, he's like, you're doing, you're doing real good. Like, you know, you, you got the crowd going and blah, blah, blah. You local? It's like, yeah, yeah. So then I had a guy that worked in the community action with uh, Dominique Duprima. So this was like, street science was big back in the day where yep. anything that was controversial, anything that was in the black culture, Anything that was in hip hop that needed to be addressed, she was the person to talk to. She's gotcha. also the lady that's on To Live and Die in L.A. with Tupac. It's oh like, yeah, you're talking about killing each other. Yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. It was so, like a news report they spliced yeah. into that song, right? Yeah. yeah. So she had a big section at the beat. It was the community action station, and uh, so one of my guys that uh, used to throw parties worked there in the community action, but he had to kind of just keep quiet, keep quiet, keep quiet. So one day. He just had one of my cassettes at his desk because he got tired of hearing what they were playing on the radio. And it was and a just, set of like a DJ set you had done that yeah. you passed around. Yeah. So he just, he had it going. So he's doing his work. Um, and the assistant PD walked by. I was like, what are you listening to? You know, and he told him. He was like, oh, he said, that's the dude that was at the party the other night. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He was like, hold on one second. Went, took it to the program director. Uh, program director was like, who is this? Now, mind you, this dude is blunt. It's like, who the fuck is this? You know, I was like, oh, this is a DJ, DJ Dense. What kind of name is that? He's like, <laughs> I don't care. He says, is he good? And then the guy, the assistant PD was like, yo, he's fired. Like, yeah. He, he was, he had the party going Why do you think night. I'm listening to his tape? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. All this time, I'm on vacation, my normal vacation. Yeah. I'm in Mazatlan, Mexico. Just like school's over? School's or out. Still, got it. Like this is, this is June-ish. But I mean, like, July. are you done with college at this point? No, you're still it was in just, college. it was, yeah, I'm still in college. But, but it's it. just my summer break. Yep. You know, so um, I'm in Mazatlan, Mexico. All this stuff is going on while I'm out in Mazatlan, Mexico. Yeah. He gets word, boom, 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 whatever. And then I'd say two days later, there's a type note slid under the door in Mazatlan, Mexico from my mom. Like, hey, we've been trying to reach you X, Y, and Z because cell phones weren't. You're in another country. In another country. You're like, hey, I'm going to be gone for X amount of time. Can you call, even if it's collect, the radio station wants you to start in two days. You know, they had hunted mom down wow. to hunt me down. Wow. And I'm like, I, I'm looking at this note. We had just come in. We're buzzed. Yeah, you're you partying. Know what I'm, yeah, I'm in your, Mexico. Yeah, summertime. I'm like, what does this say? <laughs> what, what, what does this say, guys? And I'm like. Is this a joke? Hey, um, I'm out. Yeah. Like, I bounced. Vacation's over. I was like, okay, taxi to the airport. Got to the airport and figured it out and was like. And that's exactly what you do. How do I get home? Yeah. And how much is it going to cost? Because they want me to come in and do a Saturday morning thing. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm out. You guys hang out. You keep your flights and all that stuff. Yeah, any of your friends like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll no. Go. They were like, go, bye. Good, good. Just those are good friends then. Th I mean, this was huge. Yeah. You know, and my ex at the time was like, bye. Yeah. See ya. Go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get back, and I mean, we're like, yo, wow, like this is crazy, and. The, I'm telling everybody, tune in, calling folks, tune in, tune in, tune in. And they open up the phone lines. And I'd say the first 10 people that called through to talk about the subject that was being talked about on air yeah. were like, hey, the DJ is amazing. Hey, the <laughs> DJ is great. Hey, keep this guy. This yeah. is da, da, da. And they're like, talking okay, about the we hot get topics it. of the day, but they're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, get back to the DJ. We get it. We get it. But do you want to talk about what Dominique's talking about and X, Y, and Z? So anyway, that was my foot in the door to do some stuff. I did a guest set with Dominique DePrima for Street Science. And when I was talking about bring me back to that girl, Sam, yeah. Sam is my main drop that I've had for all my life, where it's a girl moaning that says, oh, DJ Dense, thicker yeah. than fog, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, DJ Dense, thicker than fog, baby. And that was, I did her party. The day I got hired is the day she got let go. And on her way out, she wanted to do a drop for me. Of course, the drop was a little risque. <laughs> you know what I mean? But hey, I was having grown-ups. I was having kids come up and go, oh, DJ this thicker than fall. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, but it was just, it was crazy. Um, just that time in radio. And to find out how the thicker than fog came in. Like, remember, it was just DJ Dense. Yeah. It was DJ Dense. I had no idea. But actually, Outkast is who gave me my tag. Because Outkast came in to do drops for the radio station. Humble brag, by the way. Yes. Because I would be, by the way, I would, that would be on my driver's license. <laughs> if I could put that on my driver's license, just so I could let everybody know. Right. Yeah. So Outkast was doing their normal radio drops. You know, you get a sheet of paper, you read, hey, this is Andre 3000, this is so-and-so, and you're in the mix with 
DJ Hideo, rest in peace. Like you're in the mix with so-and-so or, hey, you're listening to 92.3 or 100.3 The Beat, the, you know, the station that cares or whatever our tag is and things like that. Yep. So I happened to just make the drop list, you know. Oh, nice. And they looked and they were like, Dense. It was like, like Dense Fog. And uh, the producer was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know? the producer was like, I don't care. He was like, oh, okay, cool. So they did their drop. It was like, yo, what's up? This is Outca- you know, this is Big Boy, one and a half of Outcast. Yo, what's up, Andre 3000? And we in the mix with my, with my boy DJ Dense. That's right, DJ Dense, thicker than fog, can't see through him, blah, blah, blah. So at that point, I heard it, and I, I just, was like... I just got goosebumps, in case you're wondering. And same here. Yeah. <laughs> and I was going, not knowing at the time, I was like, but my name is Dense. Like, what's all this... What's all this extra? extra? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. And I remember hearing it for the first time on radio in between my transition. And was like, yo, this is outcast, for one. Two, from here on out, anybody that hears my name has to use that tag. Has to know that it's DJ Dense, thicker than fog, can't see through him. Yeah. So Alicia Keys comes in, her drop sheet. Now my name has said on the drop sheet, it DJ Dense, that. thicker than fog, can't see through him. So... You got Janet Jackson that has to say it that way. You That's have Miss Jackson if you're nasty. Miss Jackson if you're nasty. So you got all these folks, and no matter what you do from Ice Cube to whoever, they say DJ Dance Thicker Than Fog. Can't do you still fall. have the drop cast drop? Do I? Okay. Yes. Just making sure. Yes. Because will, you're going to send it to me, and it's going to be on this we podcast. We will insert anyone uh, you need. <laughs> and then when I splice my own name into it yeah, with yeah. my voice, like, that's DJ not Andre Shane 3000. In the mix. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Andre 3000. Got my homeboy over here. What's up? Big boy, you know what I'm talking about. We banging with DJ Dance. He DJ Dance. You can't even see through him. You can't see him thicker than fog. You know what I'm talking about? Word to the motherfucker. You better believe it. Outcast. Yeah. So you were still at K-Day, I believe, or we were at the beat when you got the Clippers gig. I was at K-Day. And that was yep. 2006? Six. 2000, so the 2006, Six, 2007 season. season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this will blow a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. But now, you are the official Clippers DJ. Yes. And I am the official Lakers <laughs> DJ. And we're in the same room and it's we're okay. We're in the same room. Yes. No one's yep. been struck by lightning. No. Nope. The world is still turning to the best of my knowledge. Yep. Been, I can't see outside. There's no windows nope. in here. I have no so. idea if it's a storm outside. Exactly. So. Um, but we were both at the Clippers. Yes. For a lot of years, that's how we for met each quite other. Quite a few years. I remember when uh, I was told that you were coming in because at that time I was doing all the music, right. and people were like, "Oh, are you going to be okay?" I was like, "One hundred percent going to be okay." Because one, I was like, "Somebody else can take some of the load away from me." Right. Because at that time, doing doors, mm-hmm. warm ups, mm-hmm. timeouts, prompts. prompts, like literally everything. Right. Um, and I was a big fan because you, I knew because I'd heard you on the radio. Mm-hmm. I was like, he is a personality that people will know mm-hmm. and you're from Los Angeles, right? right? So you are going to already connect with the crowd because you grew up here yes. and you're local. But how did the Clippers gig um, come to you? Um, I was doing an event at the old Home Depot Center, which is now, what is it? Uh, well, it's changing again because it was StubHub, StubHub and I think it's changing again. Again? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just got used to calling it StubHub. And, now and I got used yeah. to calling it Home Depot Center. I still, I could, for some reason, I don't know what it was like, AXS StubHub, they, that just never stuck yeah. in my head. But it's where um, the Galaxy play yes, and where the Chargers and, are playing currently. Right, yep. in, in Carson. So I was doing an event for a lady by the name of Marianne. Um, Marianne just happens to be our, happened to be our boss Yep. Uh, through Clippers. But um, I was doing an event for her, and I remember doing this event she saw how I was able to rock old school, meaning 
I was able to hit all crowds. I was yeah. able to hit all genres. I was able to hit the kids and the adults within three records. I would be able to just gather them up, let them know, hey, this is what's going on. Boom. But mind you, this is 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 folks at an event that she's doing. Yeah. Um, and, and was this one of the Battle of the Bands? What event was I this? Was, it may remember? have been the Battle of the Bands. It was something there. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> I remember when she called. This we go back to. Let's let's go back just a little further. Yeah. I remember when she called to have me work the event. Yeah. Um, she was like, "May I speak to?" Because uh, you hadn't met um, her prior to that, right? Got it. <laughs> Can um, I speak to? <laughs> she's like, "I don't want to say this because I don't I don't know you, but." Is there a DJ Dents there? And I was like, it's me. Thinking that she's offending you. And if you know Marianne, she is the sweetest, nicest person you've ever met in your life. She thinks that she's offending someone. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, this is he. And she told me the event she was doing. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know, she liked the personality. She liked the way I did my stuff. And I remember a couple of days later, she says, hey, you know what? We're looking for a DJ for the Clippers. You know, would you be interested? You know, and my manager at the time, it got in the middle and was like, hey, yeah, you know, talked it up and. You know, I was like, yeah, like it's a dream come true. Like I've been a Clipper fan since 89. Yeah. You know what I mean? So going to sports arena, like that's all I could do. That's all I could afford. Um, that's all I get tickets for. Yeah. Um, but just watching those guys play and all that. And I remember her telling me, hey, we want to try you out. You know, I was like, OK, cool. She says, we're going to do big games only. Yeah. You know, just, just I, f- I forgot about that. Your first season yeah, wasn't every season, single game. Right. That's right. So it was like. So I still had to do everything. You still had to do every it. once in a while. Dang it. But it was like the Miami game or Chicago or yeah. whoever was big, you know, in 06, 07. Um, and I remember halfway through that, she was like, we want you for the rest of the season. I was like, what? I was like, yes, for sure. But that first time- You put the Staples, phone on mute and you're jumping up and down. Yeah, and you get back on with the calm voice. Yes, yeah, I think I'm, I could do that. I'm, every, time, <laughs> every time Marianne called, no matter what I was doing, I stood up. Yeah, I stood up as if she was addressing me, saying something, and I looked at myself and before also, I answered the phone because I wanted to make sure I was presentable and on the phone. And it's also because of how much respect we have for Marianne. My God, Absolutely. this woman, full on, <laughs> I will respect her yeah. until I can't respect anymore. You would you know? literally walk through fire. Yes, yeah. and we have. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean for this woman. She's amazing. But I remember my first time at Staples. I didn't even know you guys were having meetings and stuff up top. You know, I didn't go up to oh, those yeah, meetings before, for, yeah, yeah. for a good two years. Yeah, pregame meeting where you go over the script of didn't here's know, what's happening tonight. Didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. I just sat at the booth yeah. for three hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Just like until it was my time to do something. And I remember she says, all right, we're going to come to you in 10, 9, 8. This is the first game. And I'm up there. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm good. I'm good. I'm looking out. It was a Clipper game. Wasn't nobody there. Yeah. 3,000, 4,000 folks. <laughs> it may have got to 5,000. Free tickets, front row. You like, know, oh, I remember. Um. And when she got to three, two, here comes the camera. Oh, the RF. RF. Camera's over there with you. Yeah. RF, the mobile cam, comes to me, and she says, one, go. The red light came on on that. Me and red lights don't get along. It was like radio. It was like that radio all over again. I don't I, remember. I don't remember this moment. Bro, I froze. <laughs> and if you looked at that video board, I was like frozen with my hand, with the needle in my hand over the record. <laughs> to put on the record and never came down and on the headset it's like play the record play the record and my manager at the time kyle was on the other headset going play the record play the-. this is all on that video board <laughs> i dropped the needle down the song went they moved away and i was like 
Nobody told me I was going to be on the video. Yeah, exactly. Nobody told me I was going to be on the board. Because, by the way, you know, doing radio where you, you can't see, see those people right and now, being in an arena is two different things. Right now, I'm at another dream job, and all eyes are on me on this video board, and I froze. <laughs> Do you remember the song? No. Yeah. I don't remember the song. I just know it didn't. I didn't play it. <laughs> I didn't play it. She's like, all right, Dennis, keep the music going. We're going to come back to you in a few. And I was like, no. Yeah, please, not ever again. Don't do that right now. Like, <laughs> this is too much. Don't. Eventually, I got used to it. Um, loved it, you know. Um, and I remember the next year, she told me, she said, hey, we're going to give you a microphone. I said, for what? Yeah. I, I asked her, I said, for what? Yeah, what am I holding it for? She was like, oh, no, like, what you do, the event we did last year, about what you do at these other events, I want you to bring that here. She said, you know we're called Clipper Nation because you're a fan. Blah, blah, blah. She said, just get them going. I was like, why? She was like, yeah. just, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yeah. I was like, okay. So I'm practicing in my room, doing all my stuff. Isn't it amazing that people who have the opportunity to give you those jobs, they know that you can do it before but you, you know you can do it? no idea. Just like the radio station yes. guy, knew you could do it before you did it. Had no clue. Yeah. Another sleepless three nights. Of course. Because you're going to bring, they're on the road. Our next game is in three nights. You want to give me a microphone. Full panic, full panic, cold sweats. Okay, <clears throat> let's practice. Let's practice. Let's practice. Boom, 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 boom. And again, here comes this motherfucker with the red light. <laughs> You're like, can you put a Meanwhile, cover on that? The music's playing. Yeah. I got that part down. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Dense, say something. I was like, Clipper Nation, make some noise. And they made noise. And at that point, I may have lost about 30 pounds. At that point, like, this is the easiest job ever. Like, oh my God. <laughs> they listened to me? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is great. It's been crazy just being able to move from DJing to hosting to doing both to now being the main host and DJ for the Clippers, which I still, every game, every timeout, every break, every doors, every time that it comes to me, I am still nervous to this day. Oh, yeah. Since 06. And I would make the argument that you are more popular than a lot of the players are. Yes. I get, you, you, like, you've been there since yes. 2006, I've been there longer than most <laughs> yeah. I've been there longer than coaches. Probably longer GM, than a lot of the staff at this staff, point, too. Yeah, some staff. Um, yeah, so it's um, – I've seen a lot. We've seen a lot together, and I've seen a lot. Uh, so much so where TMZ called <laughs> you at one point to get a comment about certain things. We don't need to get into that. I okay. just remember that conversation. Yes, I just TMZ, remember, yeah. TMZ called me during the uh, Sterling Sterling era. stuff, yeah. yes. I remember I was out of town. Mm -hmm. I was on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing the ticker on the bottom of ESPN that, like, mentioned something about it. Mm -hmm. And it was later in the night. And I was like, ooh, that's going to be... It's going to be bad. That's going to be an issue. And, and the I next morning I woke up and there were so many things on my phone. Let's, you know, if let's just touch it real quick. Yeah. Um, I was DJing a club that Friday night. Yep. And I'm getting texts like this is your Because the team owner? was on the road when, yes, when it a happened. tape came out on the owner of him mm -hmm. saying some racist things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember my phone was blowing up getting texts. This was like eight, nine, ten o'clock. Like, this no. is your owner. This is what you this is who you work for. This bigot. Yeah, this blah, blah, blah. You. Yeah. And I'm going, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like I'm it's loud in this club, so I can't. Yeah. And if I clicked it, it's just it's it's you can hear stuff. There's no visual. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm in a loud ass club. Yeah. I can't. And I'm texting people back like, hey, I'll hit you after. Like, I'm, I'm done it too. Yeah. Just be up. Let's let's talk, whatever, whatever, whatever. Because the team was on the road yeah. when this came out. So at 2 o'clock, 1.45 when the club was over, instantly, boom, I hit play. Yeah. And I heard the conversation between him and his girlfriend yep. 
about Magic, Blacks, and the team, yep. and <clears throat> just all the negative stuff oh, yeah. that we kind of heard about before, but now... Now you... Before now, you'd heard like, oh, he had said this. Now you're yeah, actually now hearing the words. These are this is actual footage. Oh, you know, that's all right. Ruin the whole podcast. <laughs> My phone's on. Do not disturb, everybody. Yeah. So I get home after hearing it. My girl, fiance at the time, wife now, was at the house. Um, and she sat me at the bar. She said, "There's nothing we can do about it tonight." She poured a shot. She poured a shot for her. She said, take this and go to sleep. She says, there's nothing we can do about it. She yeah. said, you get some rest. It's going to be a long day tomorrow. Because this was on a Friday that Friday this came night. out, and the mm-hmm. team wasn't – this was during the playoffs. Yes. And the team wasn't coming back until Tuesday, I think. Is Probably that right? So. Yeah, I think okay. so. Because they had they had a game that Sunday. They had road games. Yeah, they had a game that Friday. They had a game that Sunday. Then they were coming home to play on Tuesday. And I remember – so when it happened um, – I remember having conversations with friends. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Right. Because you are in a position where you're essentially your boss, who I had never met, by the way. Never been in the same room with him other than the arena. Mm -hmm. Never met, never had a conversation with, none of that stuff. Is saying things that I find disgusting and despicable. Mm -hmm. But then you're like, okay, this is my job and blah. So talking to my friends, talking to my now wife, Mm -hmm. I came to the conclusion of – I will follow the team's lead. And by yeah. team, I mean like Doc and the players. Yeah. Um, whatever they do, I will Is be on we will do. that same page. But we don't speak on it. Yeah, I, know, I didn't say anything, say anything publicly, online. Twitter, I didn't say one thing about Twitter it. Twitter was asking me questions. Yeah, no, I can't. And I just you like, can't. can't wait to see you guys at the game on Tuesday. Correct. You know, make some noise. Hashtag blah, blah, blah. So was that your thought process too? Like, Because there was like, do I show up to the game? My thought process, I didn't know because I was getting hit from all angles. Well, especially for you because... Because I'm black. Yeah. And I was who he was talking about. Yeah. Not directly, but directly. Correct. You know what I mean? So do I go to the game? Do I figure out, do do I say something? Do I say he didn't say it? Do Correct. I, what do I do? Correct. Who do I talk to to say this? Because you can't pretend. It didn't happen. And you can't pretend to be like. everybody, you knew everybody in that arena mm-hmm. knows exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And the people that pretended were all gone. You know what I mean? His yeah. right hand, all the people that this didn't happen. And I will give the NBA, whether it's right or wrong, that's a whole mm-hmm. other story. Mm-hmm. Full credit for. They acted real quick. Fast. Because if he was still the owner, when we came back, like he was still the owner, but he had been suspended and like, you're right. going to have to sell the team. We like, we kind of knew all that stuff. Right. But if he would have been sitting courtside. Oh. Oh, yeah. Because I had heard rumors. He, that would, I, he I, would need more uh, security than Mayweather. Correct. <laughs> and I don't know if like you heard these rumors too, but I'd heard the players had decided that if he was still there, they that they were going to come out for tip. Yeah. And the refs were going to throw the ball up, and both teams were going to walk off yeah. the court. I heard that too. Now, selfishly, if you could do that, that would have been awesome. That would have been you, Can you imagine? Awesome. Yes, I could. Like, I, could I wanted, I, not that I wanted it to happen, but like in a movie situation where, like, yes. just to just, see what, the, what would the, because, like, what song do you play? Right. What, what do you do? Do you get on the microphone? Do you say, I'm with you? Do you, what, you, you know, do the fans um, stand up and walk out too? Like, we, uh, uh, it was weird, but to get back to that Friday night and knowing everything that happened, that Saturday morning, my wife went got up to go get her hair done. Um, nails, just her normal Saturday stuff. 
and she left the house at six. She said, it's going to be a long day. Yeah. You know, yeah. gave me a kiss, walked out the door. My phone rings 6.15, 6.30. I'm like, I don't usually answer private numbers, yeah. but it's early in the morning. Maybe it's her. Maybe something happened just yeah. that quick. Hello? Dennis, this is Harvey. Uh, can we talk? <laughs> and I'm going, Harvey. okay, I've, I, I work with Steve Harvey. Yeah. But he would say, Steve, I know a Harvey from TMZ because I've done some stuff about against Madonna on TMZ <laughs> one time. 6, 615, 620. Harvey. Harvey who? And then I hear, uh, what's the other guy's name that's with him? Uh, with the dreads. Um, oh, yeah. I can't think of his can't name. Can't think of his name. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, it's me too. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I was like, what? I was like, no. Yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't talk to you. They were like, we can't reach the players. I was like, I don't know why I answered the phone for you guys. Yeah. I can't say anything. But they're like, but you know who you're working for. You know what this team is about. You know your owner. I just need you to say blah, blah, blah. I was like, I cannot say, say anything. anything. Well, I don't I think, know anything. And even our contracts, I think, with the NBA. Yeah, you can't speak on behalf of the team. Correct. Because you're not, you're you're hired entertainment. 100%. You're not part of the team. Correct. So you can't speak on the team. Yep. Um, you're def- You're not authorized to The team would have to give you full authority to be like, yeah, you can go do this interview and talk about the team. Yeah, yeah no. So they tried their best. Of course. To get and that's anything their job. out of, of course, me. yeah. And Harvey was like, all right, Dense. I would have been like, yeah. it's breaking up. Click. He's like, I'll, I'll talk to you later. You know I'm going to call. I was like, <laughs> whatever, Harvey. And I remember seeing TMZ that morning. And they were like, we can't get a hold of anybody. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever you do, don't you say I answer because I didn't say shit. So you've been with the Clippers since 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. How was planning for DJing a sporting event different than club, wedding, whatever? Um, first of all. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, you and I personally, because yeah. we we shoot the shit. We talk a lot. Yeah. We I want to say personally right here today, thank you to you for broadening my mind for music. And when I say that is you were doing doors for a while, you were doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, the songs that you would play that I saw reactions that were big reactions for crossover for pop mm. for rock for whatever yeah yeah i had my bubble which was getting i won't say stale but it's only so far you can go in this bubble i can keep getting this new music in this yeah. bubble well you were working for places like you can only play and i can only play that this tent yeah this circle whatever. of songs yeah but speaking with you and finding out some of the stuff that i knew but i had turned that spot off in my head because yeah. it was like that's not what I'm doing. And you didn't need to know that Didn't stuff. need it. Yeah. But then it was like, okay, I can play this at this wedding. I could play this at this wedding. And now I went from this demographic of weddings to this demo. Yeah. To this demo. Yeah. To not just the weddings, to these events, to being able to. So now I'm able to play those classic rock joints at the right time at the game. I'm able to play those classic pop joints at the game and not just the the normal MJ or whatever it may be. Like I can dig and hit the Guns N' Roses. I can dig and hit the Quiet Riot. I can dig and hit the Creed. I can hit different songs. And it's like, I know these songs. So from that point, branching out and remembering that I have this arsenal that I could use, that I could tap into 
and saw how fluent you were in this playing this because you stayed away from what I was playing. Yeah, when you came in, I, and I'm not sure all DJs would do this. I'm not patting myself on the back, right. but I was like, okay, Dench's job is this. Right. So I don't want to play right. things that I know that he might need or right. like this is a it's good just, just, pump song that he will use at some point because you're the one getting on the DJs microphone. Do. Yeah, I'm not going to, I'll stay over here, but maybe I did have to play like, a rock song that you might play mm -hmm. at some point, but just because it was my time to go and that mm -hmm. was what the situation called for. But I like even the doors, I was like, I don't want to play anything that Denzel need when he's going to spin, when the players take the floor right. and all that stuff. And that's why I felt like we worked really well together and still friends to yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. We, we are. Because yeah. had you burned me from the get-go, yeah, I would have totally climbed different. up to 317 <laughs> I would have found my way. I don't know how I would have got there because you're afraid of heights. I, yeah, I'm afraid you're of heights, but I would have got yeah. up there with one one <laughs> intent <laughs> to kick Jeremy's ass and then uh, to come back and then, you know. But no, I again, I say thank you because that opened me up to not look at that music coming from me as not respecting my culture. Yeah, there's a stereotype, right? That you comes know what like, I mean? Oh, too. you're black, so you can only play hip-hop and R&B. Bro, I'm rocking Palm Springs. I'm rocking New Year's Eve events where there's no rap records at all. Yeah. Or in a day, I'll play everything from Sinatra to Drake. Crazy, right? And Drake would be the hardest record. Yeah. But I'm talking one dance hard record. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking... Like the pop, pop yeah, Drake. I'm talking that <clears throat> super pop Drake. I get this question a lot. How would you recommend or advise somebody who wanted to get into sports DJing? Take out like and the I've, MCing and all that stuff. I've like said this to... Spinning at sporting events. Quite a few folks. Um, start off with trust from something lower. When I say lower, I'm not disrespecting any sport, any anything, meaning start off at high school, start off at college. Less pressure. Less pressure. Yep. Um, the guy that's the Sparks DJ, I talked to him and told him which direction to go in order to be trusted, seen, yep. to now doing what you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So tackle the other stuff, show what you can do, you know, someone will see it then someone will want you. Yeah. You know, and you show them what you do. It's going to take time, kids. It's going to take time. Yeah. It's going to take time. Not <laughs> You're not going to get the Lakers or the Clippers gig tomorrow just because you want not gonna to trust Not going to happen. Um, it, you know, because they got to be able to trust you. They got to know that in any circumstance, they can hit you with whatever and you can get out of it. Well, there's experience you know? that comes with it too, right? Like, yeah. I was fortunate when I first started in sports, they were low-pressure situations because mm -hmm. it's either – no one else knew what they were doing, so right. I had to kind of teach myself on the fly. Or the team was terrible, so nobody cared. Nobody, which I don't think you can do that in today's. No, you can't just get now, thrown in there. Because working <clears> with the Clippers, it was like we weren't winning shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Starting off, it was it no was pressure. nothing. Yeah, there was no pressure. Not only that, Sterling didn't want us playing in-game beats as far as music, you know, news like instrumentals. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't do it. Well, that's, I feel like we've gone through some cycles. Yeah. So when I first got in the NBA, it's like we want music a lot. Mm -hmm. And then the fans were like, there's too much. So we went away from it. Mm -hmm. And then now I feel like it's going back right. to constant entertainment constant. all the time. Yeah. I, th I think it just goes in cycles mm -hmm. and depends on how well the team is. Because if the team is terrible. Then there's no sponsors. The well, and then the fans no will start looking at things to pick on. And they'll yes. be like, oh, well, it's obviously the music because it's not the people that you're paying millions of dollars to play. Right. It's the music's fault. Right. Um, so I think it goes in cycles like mm -hmm. that. And being around long enough, you realize you're ready for any situation. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to surprise you. Have you ever DJed a game that something just happened out of the blue? You're like, I was not ready for that at all whatsoever. Yes. Uh, the other night, 
whether was it a month ago, uh, we played Miami, and with nine seconds left, Doc calls a timeout. To I'm sorry, not Miami. Uh, we're playing Dallas. Yeah, we're playing Dallas. Doc calls a timeout with nine seconds left. We're up by 15. Why are you calling a timeout? Doc goes and grabs the announcer's microphone, Eric Smith's microphone, <laughs> and says, "Give it up for Dirk Nowitzki." Dirk had a standing ovation for one minute, for 60 seconds. Nobody in the arena knew that was happening, for sure. What do you play? Do you play something? Do you get out of the moment? Do you... Do you let the crowd just make noise? On headset, it's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know what? We're going to enjoy this moment. I'm standing and I'm clapping. You know what? Headset off. Because what Doc just did, no one has done in the NBA. Nope. Period. You don't call a timeout when you're up by 20 and it's nine seconds left to acknowledge another guy. I know. And you did that because you respect that guy. Yep. Okay, yeah, now we could play the man once we go back into play. Correct. Or we could play greatest man of all, you know, greatest man ever, or we could play whatever we want at that moment. But we didn't know it was going to happen. So let it just be general. Because there's also times, too, where I think you can ruin a moment. Yes, you can. Oh, we need to do something right here. Like, no, like the entire arena, I will fade music out sometimes Mm -hmm. if everybody is applauding or losing their mind about something. Like, let them enjoy it. Let it breathe. Because for me, my philosophy is doing a sporting event is they're not there for me. Fans will show up. Like, maybe, like, my mom, when she comes to town, she's there for me. Yes. But – the fans are going to be there regardless. So mm-hmm. my job is to compliment. I don't want to take away from anything, which mm-hmm. I think is a hard thing to do because you get trained of there. We always need to be doing something at all times. Mm-hmm. So to have nothing or for you not to be playing something, feel the instinct of that mm-hmm. is more difficult to like, hey, that's the right thing to do yeah, right now. Just let it yeah. breathe. Let it do what it's going to do because we were already. Because the game was over at that point for you guys, right? Nine <laughs> seconds left. We had already started the instrumental of California Love. And when the horn goes, then I'm going to drop. California yeah. love. Yeah. And then boom, celebrate. On the like, way why out. is Doc calling a timeout right now? Like somebody hurt you is like, what's going a on? Timeout, bro. <laughs> With nine seconds. And on his head, we're going, what, what's going on? What's going on? But he grabbed that microphone and said that, and it was like classy. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like at this point, because I've been DJing sporting events since 2003, mm-hmm. I don't know what would surprise me. Right. I've had fire alarms go off. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. had we've had power go out, power lights go, go out. out at the game. I've had somebody run in, luckily before doors, with a weapon. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. Like, I mean, those like, like you couldn't leave, and I couldn't get in. Yeah, correct. And I'm like, send me a picture. Yeah. I'm like, they're about to shoot that dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those are all things that you just that you cannot train for. It just has mm-hmm. to happen. But you just, and that's why they have you is because you can you can be there for whatever these situations are. You're not gonna panic. You're not gonna freak out. You're not gonna you know, you're 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 who they trust. Yeah. How do you discover new music now? You know, there's a few ways to discover new music. Um, a being in the car by myself without my daughter, <laughs> I can let iTunes fly. You're telling me kids bop isn't gonna fly. You know, the iTunes, the Spotify, see what's new. Yeah. Because um, it's so much so fast. But then I got younger guys that DJ. Yeah. I can only keep my ear to the streets as much as I can. I got a family. I can't. Well, and even and if you didn't have all that, there's so much new music so all much the new time. Music. It's not, so, hey, every, like I know they say, well, we're going to release music on yeah. Fridays. That's not a thing anymore. No, it's every it's day now. Every day, yeah. every hour, yep. someone's putting out something yep. every day. Yep. So I go to those guys once a month. Yo, what's hot? Yeah. Boom. They'll give me a folder of 150 songs. Dope. They may not work with what I'm doing. 
they'll work in a strip club where they're working or they're yeah, working some yeah. trap spot or whatever, but, but there'll be a few gems in there. It's like, you know what? I can clean this to let the guys know, Hey, I still got this. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you know, I can't play this. Every, yeah. Every other word is clean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is so, actually more annoying when I have to, every other word I can't play. So mm-hmm. like, why am I going to bother playing this track? So it's a, it's a challenge, but then again, the good thing about it is I open up my Twitter at the games. Yeah. So I see the requests that are coming. Yeah. If I can't get it on that day, I'll go back the next day and go back through and go, oh, what song is this? Yeah. What song is this? Yeah. What song? Oh, hell no. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like this. Okay, cool. You know, and then, hey, you request it again. Here it is. You know what I mean? But in a game, I can get two to 300 requests for something. Yeah. And I can't play it all. You no, know not enough I mean? time. So, um, or you can only play 10 seconds of it. Yes. Or 30 seconds yes. or however long. Yeah the timeout is or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you know a song is going to be a hit before it's a hit? Can you tell at this point from all your experience? Some. Yeah. There's some that are like, oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's here it is over and over and over again because I want you to know that I knew this is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Then there's some where I go, no disrespect, blue face, you're brand new. You've been rapping for nine months. You've even said it in interviews. Rapping wasn't your thing. Music's not your thing. But this Tatiana bullshit song, <laughs> I just—it's it, huge, bro. I know, it's huge. So to answer the question is yes. Every once in a while, we have to play songs we, we have don't to play like. songs we don't like yeah. or have never heard of. Correct, because music is subjective, right? Yes. It's just because I don't like it doesn't mean yes, it's not going to be a huge hit. And then it's like I'm playing Tatiana at a Clippers game. Yep, at a wedding, at a professional event. Bothers me about that song is not rapping on beat and he says it and there and there are ways like there's no rules in music i feel like there's right. no rules but if it you know if, if it sounds right if, if, if you know it sounds right or not mm-hmm. like yeah it sounds just like okay this is this he, is a thing he says he's talking off beat he's not even rapping he said he's talking he, off beat no. hey. so hey get your money i'm not yeah i'm not mad at if he if he's making his money on it get it while you can because going money. up on a tuesday i yeah. don't think we're gonna ever hear from that dude ever, ever again. again yeah which you know Hey. I hope that song goes forever. Forever. Uh, before we get out of here, I mm-hmm. want to do want to touch on you DJed my wedding, mm-hmm. and when my wife and I got engaged, in no particular order, the two questions I got were: Have you set a date? Mm-hmm. And who's DJing your wedding? <laughs> because they're like, and it was a look of concern because of not for me, but they're like, who DJs a DJ's, a DJ's wedding. wedding? Yeah, full panic by people because they're like, what are like are you? They're like looking. Like, are you gonna do it? Right. I'm like, no, I am not. No, nope. and I'm gonna get DJ dense. And that's a lot of trust for a DJ to hire. I mean, let's not even say hire to trust a DJ to do his wedding, his or her wedding. Yeah, a DJ is already picky because your brain is because you, how do you you can't shut off the DJ brain. You can't shut nope. it off. You want to know in radio. You want to know when you're walking through a club in Vegas until. And you walk in and you go, oh, he's playing X, Y, and Z. Okay, poor shot, blah, blah, blah. I wonder what the fuck he's getting ready to play next. Yeah. Why did he? Ah, that's why. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, you're thinking, why did he play that? Because I would have played Yeah, and because we know, too, like, there's things behind the scenes. Like, maybe somebody that has a $10,000 table told them to play the song, mm-hmm. and that's why they have to play that song. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the owner or player's like, hey, I love this song. Nobody knows I got to play it. So, like, as a DJ, you know there are those things that go into yes. it as well. But you're also, well, your brain's mixing let me the tell next you. song. DJing your wedding was just as important and as stressful as my father's boss's <laughs> wedding 
my program director's <laughs> wedding, the Clippers game, um, the Spanish and country wedding. Um, and, beca- and not because I put pressure on you. I wasn't like, dance this, you better, this you better know, be the greatest wedding of your entire life. I didn't say, I, I sent you some music. Let's, like, hey, here are things that I know I want to hear. Wait, no, let's, let's. There's stuff you can do for dinner, let's, let's but I wasn't. Right, let's stop you right now. <laughs> I you, wasn't putting pressure on you. You gave me, you gave me a list. Yeah. You said the vibe. Yeah. You gave me some songs. Yeah. But <laughs> when it came time to dance, yeah, you gave me the first five in order. You said you go from this to this to this to this to this, and then I want dance. Well, and I, the reason I did that was because that was when we were being introduced, and I was like, I knew we'll say it on the floor at this time, mm-hmm. so we'll dance to these songs, and then because I like knowing, like I know the crowd will follow the bride and groom, mm-hmm. and. The, well, I'm saying your first five dance songs yes, for the I had, crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. to get the party going, yeah. to start the party. Yeah. But it's in you because you're a DJ and you know how you want your day to be. Yeah, yeah. You can trust a DJ if you're not a DJ to set the vibe. Yep. But being a DJ, you know, it's like, I want this, 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 and this. From that point, I know my crowd, you will have got my crowd. Yeah. Like, not that you couldn't have done it, but this is the way it's going to start. And then I, I need dense. Yeah. From here on out. Yeah. And that's what happened. Yeah. But then, I mean, I went all out. I brought subs for you. I brought just, I brought shit that I wouldn't take to normal wedding. Yeah. Like I was like, this we is got a, complaints from three blocks over. Well, that's my next part. So <laughs> I told people, they asked me if I, I was like, yes, I spun at my wedding. So I have a group called the Suicide Doors. Mm-hmm. We're producers, but we do perform live. And I told you, I was like, I'm, we have like a 10 or 15 minute set. Yes. What? was going through your mind when the cop showed up during, during my performance. Seven minutes into your performance, <laughs> the cops came up and said, you have to turn this down. This is too loud or we shut it down. Because I remember and, catching, and the cop, like to me, I didn't care. Right. And I saw the police mm-hmm. officer, mm-hmm. but it didn't. he didn't look like he had attitude. No, he didn't. And, but I, as a DJ, I'm like, there's obviously we were, a noise complaint. We were also in Culver City. Yeah. I'm not the typical Culver City. And we weren't in a neighborhood, but it was neighborhood adjacent. So (laughs) I'm off talking to him as that's my sound. Yeah. You're going to have to turn this down. I said, I can't do that. (laughs) Meanwhile, I I see you talking, but I'm like, I'm still, it's not affecting me from doing what I'm doing. I'm telling him, sir, I cannot do that. (laughs) You know, he was like, you're going to need to turn that down. Or you'll be cited, fined, your equipment will be confiscated. I said, that's fine. I'm not touching that volume. I'm not touching that at all. I said, that's that man's wedding. He's DJing his wedding. His set is over in eight minutes. I said, either you can wait eight minutes and it will go down drastically. Yeah. Or you can, we can write this ticket. Yeah. And I'll make sure that this ticket takes (laughs) eight minutes. Yeah. When he's done, I'll sign where I need to, go back in, turn everything down but we are not taken away from his wedding. <laughs> I'm going to ask you again to turn it down. I was like, I can't do that. So I'm going back because when they're done, I have to make an announcement. Yeah. You know, he stood there. He stood there, watched you do the last eight minutes of your set, which you guys fucking killed it. And then, boom, everything had to come way down. Yep. He looked at me, gave me the head nod. He left. Music stayed down. Yep. But I was taking that ticket. Oh. <laughs> 
100%. I don't so think I realized that he had threatened with the ticket. I knew he was obviously telling you to turn it down. And get the equipment <laughs> confiscated. You cannot do another gig for probably seven days because we're going to pound this. Because I will have to go get that stuff out of the court of law. Well, that's true friendship right there. That's 100% friendship because I'm going to tell you right now. Had it been anybody else? <laughs> turning it, yeah, turning it right <laughs> off. Well, turning I remember off. telling, so my performance at my wedding was me, another DJ, and a conga drummer. Mm-hmm. And Tim, who you and I both know, DeCapo, he was so angry at the end of our set mm-hmm. because the music had to come down. He's like, this is your wedding. What's the cop doing, blah, blah, blah. And I looked at him, I was like, hey, man. Right. It's like, that was a walk-off. We just I shut my own wedding down. Drop the mic, <laughs> and it was over. Like, yeah. at that point, like, it sure. was like, perfect. Perfect there was really ending. no need to play anything else after that. It could have been dead silent after that. would have been fine. And it was like, you know what? We're going to go because you guys are going to be here for a little while longer. We're going to play music, but I cannot turn it up. Yeah. Like, I think at that point, it was literally like we started. Pat- it, was to- it, was, it wasn't early in the wedding anyways. Right. It was towards the end, so it didn't mm-hmm. matter. So, yeah. like, I tell people that story all the time. I was like, yeah, I shut my I own shut wedding, down. wedding down. <laughs> I had things. I put things at <laughs> 8 to 10 on that mixer like <laughs> y'all just go and i had my subs on a separate line and i'm like it's going and Culver city I, had never felt that before when i heard that and i heard you guys go into that came over thanks for coming in uh any of like sponsors or residencies like where can people find you they can find me at the clippers game you can find me in palm springs at agua caliente casino resort spa rancho mirage palm springs um they can find me um shout out to pioneer dj um pioneer usa uh for my sponsors um shout out to man the fam my wife little gianni um and you know it's i'm 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 excited man i'm i'm happy with the way this life is turned yes sir dance i appreciate it thank you brother yep thanks in advance for tuning in if you want to give any feedback specific questions you want answered, or to tell me I'm terrible at my job, you can hit me up at Beat Talks website, beattalks.com, or on all social media platforms at DJ Rouche. That's D-J-R-O-U-E-C-H-E. 